I would rather there be video. Okay. What's the, what's the point in just having audio? That sucks. Yeah, I had to hurry up and put on my bra. Yeah. I didn't know. You got to do what you got to do. You know, I know you like to be a topless dancer every now and then, but, you know. Exactly. How's everything? Oh, great. Yeah. Hold on, let me get my glasses. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now I can see a little bit better. I'm sure your edit editing team will be able to get me together. Uh, I won't have to. There's not oh, much no. unless it, unless something just goes wrong. Like you, you're good. Okay. Good. Cool. Yeah. So what's new? Always a lot. Always I a feel lot. Like yeah. Oh yeah. I think I feel like every morning I get up, Trump is doing something ignorant or saying something ignorant, and and also all the unrest that's going on. Yeah. In the country, yeah. it's like one thing after another. Um. So yeah. I think, you know, you kind of have to, like, take a step back and just breathe and just say, hey, you know, I'm sure we, we've had a lot of so setbacks, I, you know, in our country. Is it that but, you're paying too much attention to it? Yeah, I think so. I think that might be it, Rand. Yeah, you're right. I think that might be it. Um, I, I pay attention only when I feel like I, I, I haven't tuned in in a while. Uh, but for okay. the part... All I just see is a mockery of, of everything that, that human beings should stand for and strive for. And it's not depressing, it's just embarrassing. Oh yeah. It's definitely. embarrassing and it's shameful to me as a as a man, not, not as a black man or anything, but just as a man in general. So but that's not necessarily some would say that's not necessarily the representation of me as a black man because he don't have nothing to do with me. But no, not at all. Yeah, so um, that's that. So let's start from the beginning. Where are you from? From Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. Alabama. I got family yeah. there. I was talking to them yesterday. Yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, yeah. Really good people too. Really good people. Yeah, Huntsville folks, we're, we're, we're some good people. Yeah, they love to cook. Oh, I don't like to cook. I like to have a cocktail. Uh, oh yeah, I know what you. I know you like to have a cocktail, but they love to cook and bake. My cousin, she loves to bake, man. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. So how did you end up in Chicago? Um, so I was my both of my parents, um, they met actually met here. And so uh my mom had my my sister um before me and uh you know my 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 uh sister passed away. Um I think she was about two years old. She had a a, a um a disease that was attributed to I guess infants taking aspirin. I forgot the name of the, the mm. disease, but anyway, um, she passed, and my mother wanted to have one more kid. She was a, you know, she had a big family of sixteen, so she was like, she always just wanted one kid. So um, I kind of, you know, I guess was born out of that calamity. Um, but anyway, so she had me, and and she didn't want to raise me in Chicago. Um, which is, is so ironic because I was talking to someone that I, I'm dating. And, and so she was just saying that um, her, you know, she really doesn't want to raise her two sons in Chicago, um, two young black men. So it's kind of like the same situation. But my, so, you know, going back to my story is that, yeah, my mom didn't want to raise me here. So she wanted to move back to Alabama where her, you know, her roots were and her mother was and, 
a few um, relatives and she just kind of wanted that support. Um, so she decided to move to, to Huntsville, Alabama. She's from Decatur, Alabama, just like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes away, but Huntsville is kind of like, I mean, for it to be in the South is very diverse because they had the, they have the um, arsenal there, they have all the technology there, and then they have NASA there. Um, so, yeah, so. Uh, so what was that like growing up in, in, in Alabama? Um, it was interesting. I mean, I remember my father, one of his best friends was a rocket scientist and I didn't think anything of it. I, I mean, I, I didn't even realize it um, until I got to college. He was my professor. So I went to all, all black college. And so I didn't even know he was a rocket scientist until I took him for physics. What college and, was that? Alabama and m Okay. Yeah. And oh, so the, the question that you asked, I came here my first year to go to college at UIC. So I really liked Chicago when I used to come up here for like holidays and stuff like that to visit my family. And so, um, yeah, I really enjoy Chicago. So I, I came here for a semester at UIC and I was like, ooh, this is not diverse enough for me. Because, um, I mean, growing up in Alabama, you're not, I, I probably, my school was probably, um, you know, like 70% white, 30% black. So yeah. I just wanted to, you know, I, I love being who I am and I kind of wanted a different experience. I was one of the only black um, people in my program at UIC. Uh, so, uh, no surprise you know, there, huh? you said what? No surprise there, huh? Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking this is Chicago. Nah. I'm thinking the university, yes. Yeah, so, nah. Of course. So, um, yeah, so uh, went back to Alabama to Alabama a and University, and then I finished my degree. And I swear, like, the next day, I think I moved, I, I drove up here with all my stuff and moved. That fast. That fast. I was, I was, I mean, as much as, you know, the South is cool, Atlanta, all those other surrounding kind of cities that are close by, to get to Chicago, Chicago, go ahead. You were just determined to get to Chicago. Oh yeah, I mean, it's so, I remember when I used to come here for like holidays when I when I was at UIC, um, I would go to different neighborhoods and I'm like, this is cool. Like it's something different in every pocket. Yeah. It's like yeah. those little gems um, yeah. in every pocket. And of course, my black folks on the South Side, like I enjoyed all of that and all those colorful people. So, you know, it, it was just so cool to be able to uh, just enjoy all of Chicago and, you know, it was hard for me to run into people, you know, on a regular basis. I think in Alabama and Huntsville, when I went out, you know, like I would see, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't meet a, a new stranger. Like it would be the same. Yeah, it would just be the same people over and over again. And it gets bland and played out and, and you get tired of seeing that over and over again. So of course you're gonna wanna explore. What were you studying in college? Accounting. Accounting, okay. Yeah, accounting. Is that something you still do now? I'm an auditor. So yeah, same kind of principles yeah. of my yeah. of what I do. So yeah. Debits and credits. Debits and credits. Debits and credits. Now I analyze de debits and credits. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's basically yeah. How do you like that part of uh 
where you are now as an auditor? I love it because I meet new people. I don't have to deal with one company, you know, every day. I deal with, you know, multiple companies. I have like 17 audits right now. Um, and they're all different companies, uh, different industries and stuff like that. So that's that's always cool. Within Chicago or is it is it all over the country? Uh, no, it's actually just in the state, state of Illinois. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get to move around a, a little bit, huh? Yeah, just a little bit. Like I could... I could um, just, you know, throw my hand up and do some out-of-state audits, but I feel like the state doesn't pay me more to do that, so. Okay. Unless I just want to get away, but yeah. So earlier you said your dad's friend was a rocket science scientist. Yes. Okay, what did your dad do? My dad was a, a city engineer. Okay. And, and when, I, when I say city engineer, like, so, in those terms, like he basically um, was a mechanic for big equipment. Okay. Um, yeah. So I feel like I, it's funny because you think about it, like, what were their conversations? Yeah, that's what I, that's what I, I was going. Well, if he's a rocket science, that's what I was curious. Like, what did Dad do? Because that had to be a hell of a conversation. You know what I mean? Right. It, I don't know. I like. I. I. I, I if I would have known that they had such differing of um, experiences and kind of, uh, you know, I guess I'm gonna say skill or just intelligence levels. I'm sure my, I, I mean, my father was smart or whatever, but I don't think he, he definitely wasn't a rocket scientist. Nah, in that so, conversation, talking no. to a person that's a rocket scientist, that's way, that's miles and miles ahead, you know what yes. I mean? Yeah. But the dude was very goofy, so my father was funny. So I think okay. Also, okay. oh, there there was there were levels to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They talked. I remember they talked about sports. They did do that. They did a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. And you ha had no idea how special that was growing up that this man was a rocket scientist, an African American rocket scientist. Yeah, an African American, an African, an indigenous man walking around mm -hmm. as a rocket scientist. No. Everybody just hey. Just speaking to him. Yeah, I didn't. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I think, yeah, that, that's sad that I didn't. And my parents, like my, so my mom, my parents are kind of just kind of matter of fact people. They kind of like, they um, are not kind of, as you say, uppity or anything like that. Yeah. Because um, I remember like my mom, one of her really good friends is from Germany. Like it's part of where I get my name from or whatever. Um, but like literally, just one day me and my mom were talking and she was like, oh yeah, um, here are some photos of me when I was younger. This is when I, um, when I was working for the Black Panthers. I was like, what? <laughs> you work, you work for the Black Panthers? Yes. That's awesome. That's yeah. Awesome. Right. I love that. I love hearing that. Right. I love hearing it. They go two of them. They go to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Huey, oh, is that geez. Huey and, um, Carmichael? And Bobby Seal. Bobby Seal, yes, yep. yes. Yeah. I think one of my aunts dated Bobby Seal or Carmichael, one of the two. Stokely, Stokely Carmichael. Stokely, Stokely, yeah. Okay. Dated, dated Stokely. Um, yeah, it, it, interesting. it's interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. I like hearing stuff like that. That's yeah. dope. That's yeah, dope. it's pretty cool, right? Yeah. My mom was telling me, so another good story that my mom told me that she didn't even think about it. Cause she was talking about, you know, we were talking about protesting, right? Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh yeah, I was like, 
I remember when I was nine years old and I went to go get a hamburger. So back then a hamburger was like a nickel. Um, but in Alabama, you know, it was colors and whites. So she just, wa- she just walked up to the diner counter or whatever. And she was just like, give me a burger. And, you know, they, they were supposed to get the burger and walk back out. Her little nine-year-old butt sits there and just eats the burger. And that was like a big no-no. And I said, mom's Salute to her for doing it, though. Right? Salute to her for doing Fuck that. I salute her for doing that shit. Yeah, my mom is interesting character. Fuck that. It's a burger, yeah. man. You only do something to a fucking kid. Piece of shit. Yes. Fuck out of so, here with that, man. I guess they were just like, she had the, the balls to... Eat her burger on the counter. We're not gonna tell her to move. Ovarian audacity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So growing up, did they ever talk much about uh, Black Panthers or civil rights movement or? Um, no, because you know, so I grew up with Jehovah's Witness. Huh? I grew up with Jehovah's Witness. So really? it was like, I think that piece of it, they kind of toned that down just because of their religion. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, but my mom has always been kind of militant in her own way. <laughs> so I think that's you know that's kind of like the little bit that she she draws for him. And then like if you ever meet my mom, you'd be like, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up on a Christian side. At what point did you realize that that wasn't for you? Um, I don't know if I can, I can say it wasn't for me because I feel like you know with all religions, I think all religions you can take a piece of the good thing from absolutely. It. Right, and learn from that. But I think it wasn't for me, probably, I don't know, I, probably when I just started having a mind of my own. Because one thing about religion, they 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 want you to think their way, right? Yeah, their path. You gotta be in the box. You gotta yes. be in the box. It's oppression. It's oppression. Yes. Yeah. Book of Eli. Uh-huh. <laughs> Book of Eli. Yeah. Yeah, that movie. perfect, example, a lot about right? <laughs> perfect mm-hmm. example. Yeah, it's all about control. So with that, um, I grew up under it. And for years, like after acquiring knowledge and hanging around uh, some Muslims and, and people that were free, that just free thinker, thinkers at the age I was, 15, 16, I only stayed around just because of family. Mm. You know what I mean? And then I, I developed a relationship with the past of the church. So it became, because we were exchanged ideas, but the older I got, I started, you know, I started to drift away. I was drifting away more and more and more. And it just was something that when me and him would talk, our conversations were getting further and further apart. Cause I could bring up any amount of books to have a conversation or throw them in there to have a conversation. And all of his would just be based on one book, which is fine. You know, yeah. if you that one book gives you all the perspective in the world, that's fine. But when you can break down that religion and then a conversation kind of gets aggressive or, you know, you, you kind of just like turn away from it and go, look, this is, this is getting old. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, the older I got and the more books I read and the more I traveled too, you know, it starts to become this thing where mm-hmm. you get to talk to people and see how people really interact. Yes. Right. Because where I grew up at on the south side of Chicago, there's not a lot of that that you're hearing. Hey, travel or people are going to treat you differently. They're not going to teach you as bad as you think you uh, 
as, as bad as you're seeing while you're here. Yeah. You can have conversations with people. You can talk to them and people are open to having conversations with you. Um, and that was one of the things that really helped me out a lot too, just being able to get up and start at an island and then from an island go to another country and then from one country to the next. And it was a beautiful thing to see uh, just people having dialogue or just being able to walk by and no one saying you can't be here and you can't mm -hmm. be there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was just like, it was freeing. And then when I got home, I was like, this is, all this is wrong. Yeah, and I think that's, that's what I think is so interesting about the way that we perceive America and how great it is. As, as, as Trump tells you, like, uh, America has never been, has never been great and will probably, it be, I mean, probably won't be great to the point where we needed to be great in the, in the next three or four centuries, probably. Yeah. But, yeah. The, the um, fact that I saw that hat, the first time I saw that hat, I looked at it, I was like, make America great again. Yeah. And like all, you know, because I'm I, I, I read history. So I started going through history in my mind. I was like 1600, 1700, 1800, 1900, 2000. When? Like, when was it ever great? Like, when no. we were just being slaves? Is that what you're trying to say? Is that, yes. is that what you yes. want? <laughs> yes. We ain't have no mind. We weren't thinking. Is that what you're saying? Because that's the only thing I can get out that shit. You know, in the yeah. 1500s, no. 1400s, no. Like, at no point in time. Yeah. No point in time was it just great, ever. Yeah. Like, there was never any e equality. There was never any justice. You exactly. Know? I, when I saw that, I was just like, man, this is, this is going to start something. And then I turn on the news, and then you see it. Like, people just go on fucking crazy. Yeah. Riots breaking out. People can't have civil conversations because one person knows what the hat stands for, and the other yeah, person exactly. knows why they're wearing the hat, you know, and it's mm -hmm. just... To a certain degree, I just feel like it's all a psyop. You know what I mean? I, I believe it's just being done on purpose to cause civil unrest, to show people like this is what really happens or this is how people act. And then they play on those narratives. To me, you know, and then you get to post people and you say, look at the, how the black community is acting out just over this. And, and then they don't show what's actually happening or what may, may have agitated those situations uh, in the wake of civil unrest or, or riots and, and protests and things like that. Have you have you done any protests? I have not. You know, the last time I protested and kind of went through the street and, and, and had a sign was um, the Women's March. Okay. Yeah, that was the last one that I did. And it probably had one, to be like... Uh, the one recently, like, like a couple years ago, like three or four? No, I think it was like had, the Women's March was like three years ago because they were talking about um, take, taking, um, I think, taking abortion, you know, freedom of choice and all that away. Okay. And they're just having, I mean, they already have pretty much a lot of controls over what, when we can do what we can do with our bodies. I feel that in a lot of ways. Um, and then they do it on more of a government scale where they say, okay, well, my, the insurance is only going to cover this, you know, this amount or whatever for your health care. So I think in a way, I think it goes back, I don't know, have you seen the hand, Handmaid's Tales? No. Hand, handmaid's Tales. No. Okay, so it's kind of, it's a, um, it's on Hulu. I, check it out. It's, it's pretty powerful. Oh, someone kept telling me, they was like, Yo, you, you, you'll like it. Check it out. I got to yeah. tune in. Now I got to tune in. Damn it. Yeah. It's talking about, you know, all of a sudden, slowly, they were taking our rights away from us women, and then they just totally took our rights away from us. Mm -hmm. And then so all of a sudden, now, 
if I could board children, like basically I would get raped like every, every week I would be with a certain family, I would produce a child and then I would move on to another house. Wow. Yeah. It, wow. I mean, I, I'm scared. Like the way I'm explaining it is kind of, it's not even as brutal as it really is. It sounds horrible. It sounds horrible. Yeah, it is. Very it is. gory. But it's good though. Cause yeah. you're just like, wow. Okay. I have to, I, I'm, I'm going to have to make a note and actually sit down and check that out. Yeah. But going back to your story, cause I think we kind of, so what, what age were you when you decided to kind of break away from Christianity. Right? Break away. I, was, I had to be twenty something, twenty something. Okay. So I, I was like early in my twenties. Yeah. Early and I think 20s. that's when you kind of really uh, started really thinking for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I was doing. Remember, I, I was doing music. Um, I think I was. I might have still been actively trying to do amateur boxing or something like that. Um, so I, I just started becoming more focused on myself. And I was more in tune with the things that were that made me happy, and the things that made life better for me. Um, and I and the further I did those things, the less restraint I felt. You know what I mean? And the more conversations I could have with people about books that I read, about history, about traveling, uh, it wasn't just the same setting of being around people who weren't who uh, were just who just looked like me. It took me into settings where people didn't look like me. It took me into settings where I could have intellectual conversations with people um, about anything. And if it wasn't something that we agreed on, we could get to a place where they would say, well, have, what type of books do you read? And I would tell them, well, I like history. I'm trying to get into astrophysics, shit like that, law or something like that. And they go, interesting, have you ever tried this book out? And they would recommend a book for me and in turn, I could recommend a book for them. So those things develop friendships, uh, fellowships, relationships with people that allow me to uh, continue to expand. Uh, and, and I was enjoying that. And I kept telling myself, I don't think I could have got that by being where I was because no one else around me was accepting of this stuff. I remember at one point, <laughs> I'm not going to say anybody's names, but I left home. I was gone for some months. My beard had grew back out. I was only shaving my head. And when I came back home, a certain person or persons said that I had converted to Islam. And I was like, see, this is, <laughs> I was like, he had the mustache. Yeah, the long mustache. It, it was just, it was all beard. It was all beard. Okay. Yeah. It was just, just beard, you know, and it was full. Um, it's, it kind of looked like the picture I posted of myself on Facebook recently, where I got the shirt on and you can just see my beard. And it looked like that. And it was just a nice, plush, full beard. And it was, I knew he was going to come back as a Muslim. I knew it. I knew it. He always was a Muslim. So wait, where did you go? So I went to Memphis. Okay. I went to Texas. And then I went to Florida. And I had no barber. I wasn't familiar with anyone down there. But the moment it started getting like this and it stopped itching, I just left it alone because I knew how to shave my I knew how to shave my head. Okay. You know what I mean? But um when I came back home, they were like, oh, I, I knew it. I knew he was going to be, I knew he was going to be a Muslim. Like I, I would just shave my head down low with the, uh, with the tremors, but the beard had grew all the way out. You know, I had a low cut and, and a beard and that's what people were saying about me. And it was just, well, not everybody was, yeah, a couple of people, but it, it just showed me like people's belief, they only go on by what they think is the truth. You know, I think the saying goes, people hear what they want to hear, 
and they uh and they say what they want they uh believe what they want to believe so because of that they didn't ask me any questions like why the hell you got that big beard or anything like that it was just automatically automatically assumed that i had uh converted over to islam and i almost want to say maybe it makes them a little it made them a little uncomfortable it did it did it made it made people very uncomfortable but yeah. there were a couple people who came and sat down with me and had a conversation. It was like, what, 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 what is this about? And I was like, what do you mean? It was like a whole beard. You've been gone for four or five months and you come back with a beard. I was just like, I don't, I didn't have a barber while I was down there. All right. And I didn't, I got comfortable with this. Like when you're doing music and you just, when you're working and you're grinding out music and you're going to people's shows and you're showing support and you're helping people sell CDs and t-shirts and things like that. Who cares? Like, who's looking at a beard? So that's even why James Harden has, like, that abstrosity of a beard? Yeah, okay. his beard is crazy. I, I, I might try to do one of those one day. It's obnoxious. Let me, I, I mean, sometimes, I, it's this one bar that I go to, and a dude, his, he has, like, this Forrest Gump uh, beard, and I'm like, dude, it's obnoxious. And I think one of your hair particles are going to get on my cocktail, and we're going to have a serious problem. Nah, man, you you like, you do so much grooming to it that uh, it won't come to that. It won't come to a situation like that. Like you're always okay. grooming it, so by the time you step out, it's in place unless you start messing with it. You know, everything is going to be where it's going to be. Okay, so I need to leave this guy alone. That's yeah, what you're saying. yeah. Okay. Unless you actually see a piece of hair. Oh, I drink my cocktail so quick. I may not even. That, that, yeah, that's your problem right there. Check yeah, the cocktail. Hopefully COVID doesn't get, get on. Yeah, no, you're good. Yeah, but, um, for the most part, once you do your grooming and you step out, it's pretty much going to be like that. And the only time some hair is going to slip out is if you go to the bathroom and you comb it or brush it or whatever you need to do to it. You know. I learned something new. So if you grow your beard out long enough, it's not, it doesn't really bother you, okay? No, it does. Only time it bothered me is when I was eating, and that's because I had to get used to the technique. Because you can't like go from down straight up. Like you gotta go. You gotta do like your your, your mom used to do as a kid. And you gotta, oh my god! Yeah, because I'm I'm used to eating like that, and then I realized like, oh shit, I can't go. I can't do that no more. Like I have to go around, you know? Okay. Oh, I kind of feel like. Yeah. For you to have to find a different eating technique, yeah, because I love maybe something needs to give. He's I like, no, I just need to eat different. Young lady, I mean, salute to that young lady because we can't we became friends after that. But she was like, you got you know something in your beard, and she cleaned it out for me. You know, and I was like, oh, thank you. Okay, I'm thinking about something else now, but okay. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, life is good though. You know, okay. I'm just hey, sometimes you need some uh conditioner in your beard, you know, it helps it. Well, yeah, but I'm sure that doesn't feel good. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. So, when you got here, arriving to Chicago, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you know it would be accounting? Uh, yeah, so I was at a um, I, I went, I started like at this tax uh firm on the south side. Just to do something like part time, get some experience. Um, Cause I was, when I got here, probably like less than six months when I got here, um, I met this this guy who's in real estate. Okay. And so he showed me how to like buy properties and and rent them out. So I was like, I think I was like almost, 
almost 22 and I, I think that was the first time I bought a property. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I did that for a while and then um, decided, like, I remember telling my friends, like, I, I'm really going to have to get like a nine to five, like a real hard card nine to five. Cause that was like right when the, I think the real estate bubble busted or whatever. And I was like, this is not working. Like I really need nine to five. So um, I started working for Northwestern Business College in their um, corporate space. Uh, I was a staff accountant there. Then I changed um, and I got married probably like two or three years later. As a staff accounting, were you dealing with like labor? Uh, payroll, yeah, I was dealing with payroll a little bit. All right. Not not like benefit side, some more of kind of um, just just payroll processing. Yeah, making sure hours add up and everything. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay. yeah, um, yeah. So married. You said what? Then you got married. Yeah, I got married. Yeah. And that was, I feel like like two or three months in, I was like shaking. And I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have gotten married. How old were you when you did that? 26. Really? 26, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I remember him coming home one day and he was like, I'm hungry. And I was like, what do you want me to do with that? I told you. What? I told you. Grand I can only provide one marital uh, Who said <laughs> responsibility that? Like you were just, just that over it? I just, I, you know, like, I'm one of those people um, that I only cook unless I want to cook. Mm-hmm. And so if you tell me that, like, basically, you know, you need to cook, I feel like it's some type of, like, I feel like I was setting them on the eight to a degree. Um, and it doesn't feel good to me. So. Well, your man said I'm hungry. And what am I supposed to do with that? Yeah, wow. what, what am I supposed to do with that? I was like, I'm hungry too. But I don't tell you that. They should have said that. Yeah, but. I could have took that better than you saying that. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm about to cook. I wouldn't even say nothing else. I'm about to cook. Yeah, I have a way with words. Yeah, I noticed. Um, what, yeah, so. I noticed. I have a way with words. <laughs> I noticed. So when I'm totally annoyed, yeah, I may, some, I may say some things in a certain way that will probably make anybody want to knock me out. So yeah. Growing up, did you have uh, any role models? Uh, my mom has always been like my my big role mo- model and um and my uncle who was pretty close to me. Uh, mm-hmm. He was like about ten years older than me, but he was he was more so. He took a lot of time with me since I was the only child. It was kind of like he would we would go to Atlanta. You know, he would take me skating. Um. He would just do a lot of things that a big brother would should do, I guess, and would do. So he was kind of like that was my role model because um, he had great business sense, uh, and he would just he would you know he he was one of those people that just had great common sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he you know he told me a lot of great things, and um, yeah. So I think between my mom and my uncle. Okay. Okay. While you were in Alabama, what were your musical influences? Oh, so my mom, I mean, I feel like you always get your musical kind of like, you know, like what you favor or what you don't favor. I think my mom always used to like Ann Murray. Okay. 
you know, uh, Ann Murray and like Billy, Billy Ocean. My father loved Otis Redding. Um, so yeah, so I think, and my mom loves Temptations. So like, that's what I grew up with. Okay. Um, but then, you know, when, as you get older, you're kind of like, okay, I like uh, TLC, because I can relate to them, right? Um, yeah, so I think TLC, because I was growing up, was TLC, um, was, it was like crisscross. Um, yeah, I think bands like that. Okay. Yeah, so. And my, it, it, as you can see, like, my range of music wasn't that great. I mean, I'm from Alabama, so it wasn't like a whole... I'm just saying, like, because at some point, you know, you had to come across just maybe a MJG and Eight Ball or yes, Outkast, Goody Goody Mob, Goody Mob. So that was I, I feel like that was like when I was in high school, college. Okay, okay. Oh my God, Outkast and Goody Mob was just like everything. Yeah, yeah, they were. But they made even, dope even, music though. If you were listening to the music, they made dope music. Oh yeah. Um, what was the what was the group from uh, Miami? Uh, Lord, Luke, Luke, and Uncle, um, Luke. Uncle, Luke. Uncle yeah. Luke, yeah, two live crew, two live crew, yes, two yeah. live crew. There you go, two live crew. I, I, I definitely don't want my mother to know even now that I listen to. Man, they had that wild times. I know anytime that came on, I think my mom would let me. She would prefer that I was listening. Yeah, but she would let. She would prefer if I was listening to Snoop and. Easy and them over. Oh, yeah, yeah, Snoop. Yeah, Snoop. People prefer that over over listening to two live crew. I wasn't big. I, I mean, like I understood it because you see the videos and then you see the girls, the little girls around you doing the same stuff. You know, like, okay, maybe it is good. You know, yeah. but um, I was more into the into West Coast hip hop. I didn't really see, and that's the thing when you when you're in the South, like that's what you know, Rex and effects and and you know. Um, What's the other guy's name? Not too short, but um, you can get with this or you can get with that. What is that? Um, I forgot who that was. Um, yeah, so, yeah. So, so, I mean, Southern music was all about sex or, you know, just having fun. I think Goody Mob was, Goody Mob and Outkast, and more Goody Mob than anything, I feel like they were more serious. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was... We gonna give you this shit on the surface, but underneath all of this is is roots, is is roots, is deeply rooted. Like we not over here playing, you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. I, I I enjoyed them. I wasn't too far into them, but when I heard it, I was like, I know what that is. I yeah. recognize what that what the, what that is because after that or around the same time, you had Nas, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, I forgot who made Self Destruction. I forgot who made that. Had it first, yeah, self-destruction. Yeah, you had Big Daddy Kane and all those guys mm -hmm. uh, putting out music, um, and and it was it was inspiring, and it also gave me a tingle in the brain. It also told me that there were other things that you know uh, I could pay attention to and learn from, and things like that. Especially as a young black man or African African American indigenous man with no father figure and no real uncles around at all. Um, the music kind of starts to shape your reality. Now, I didn't necessarily believe everything that I was hearing, like some people buy into, but um, there are times where I was naive of the things that they were saying, you know, and then you was like, well, maybe that's how life should go. And 
Um, certain people do follow it, but for the most part, there are certain things that they did say that I related to, and I kind of took from them and I, I pieced them together to kind of create the world around me. Um, did any of that happen to you from listening to like TLC or? I mean, I, I would have to say like, you know, I was pretty much sheltered as a kid. Okay. So, you know, when I, when I listen to that music now or even like five or t- 10 years ago, it's a different consciousness, right? I yeah. think even when you look at movies or whatever, Absolutely. whatever the case may be, it's kind of like you understand the bat, you know, to understand the meaning behind all of that that you see yeah. or hear. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, my consciousness didn't, I didn't really have, con- you know, I'm not, I wasn't really conscious until probably like 24, 25. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so. Yeah, but I think, I think it's interesting that artists now are getting back in that conscious mode and not just putting out. Uh, I think it's always been there. I don't, I don't think, um, name an era where there wasn't any. Well, no, there's always been, but I think it's just people are, are being more conscious about it now. Okay. Yeah, I think. I think, I think we have more, more of the younger generation speaking out. Yes, yes. I think they're speaking yes. out more, which is a really, is a really, it's a great thing. The only thing I think that is lacking is the actual leadership and a goal, right? So no one really has a goal. There's protesting, but do you have an end goal? Are we trying to get uh, lynching uh, introduced as a federal crime? Things like that. Like, are we trying to get legislation passed? You know, what are we trying to do? Where are we going from there? Because there's things that need to be taken care of so they don't continuously happen, right? Yeah, so I think we're we're we don't have um, proper leadership, but I think we're going in a good path as far as like because I think it's always levels to everything mm-hmm. or transitions or kind of stages mm-hmm. to everything. So once you get someone's attention, then you find a strategy and then you implement, right? So I think you know one thing I think everyone is understanding is that the you know, riding is, okay, we got people's attention. Okay, now we're like, okay, we want to make, if, if Biden and, and, and Camilla gets in office, you know, we are going to hold them accountable. Um, and we're going to continue to put that force on them. And we're going to continue to elect people like, um, you know, Cortez from New York, Alexandria Cortez. I mean, she... She's awesome and she's a power. Um, and meaning that she's pushing, she's not the, she's not the establishment. Um, and hopefully she she'll stay kind of in that pocket mm-hmm. of not being able to be bought. But I think if we hold everyone accountable and really understand that whatever reason why, I don't know why you don't think your vote matters, but it does. People were marching a long time ago and got were killed yeah. for the right for you to vote. So I don't know why you don't understand. That yeah. it matters, that's but it does. And so right now, that's the point of riding. They do have the strategy strategy of like less vote. Okay. Question about about since we're on on politics. When Trump first ran, who were you thinking was the best candidate as a Democrat? Who did you have in mind? Should it have um, I'm gonna be honest with you because I'm I'm a capitalist, but I'm a 
kind of socialist and kind of the way I think. Um, I think I think Bernie, Bernie, between Bernie and Elizabeth, um, they were both in candidates. I think Biden, even though he was older, you know, he was he was pushing it all the way. You know, Elizabeth kind of Warren. She kind of you know she kind of was on the line. She didn't go over it, but she was on the line. Do you think? Bernie, <clears throat> excuse me, do you think Bernie actually tried or do you feel like he just kind of just did what he thought was just necessary in his lane and he didn't adjust to the times? I think the system was in place that said we wanted Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Because, if you, I mean, if you think about it, they, they made socialism to be this kind of thing where, okay, it should only be like in communist countries or in Cuba, right? So anytime, I mean, for us to be in a pandemic, like if he was running right now, he would win. Because everyone, we all need, literally, you need healthcare. Everyone needs healthcare. I mean, it's just like, you know, I, I'm on Chicago Coalition for the Homeless, I'm on that board. And literally, our, our, one of our, our mission is like, we believe that um, having a home is a human right. Like not, you being homeless is just absurd in America. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make it makes any no sense. sense. Yeah. Anytime Bezos can have billions of billions of dollars, one human being. Yeah. We can't tax this dude. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like what? Tax all of them, really? Right. Tax all of them. I mean, yeah. And and the thing I think at one point I heard the strategy was if we tax every billionaire that was. That not that was every if we tax every billionaire from America or that lives in America, you would slowly decrease the debt and you could take care of everything. You could introduce health care where no one has oh, to yeah. and things like that. I mean, if you think about it, the corporations that we the the tax cuts that we give corporations in Chicago, this Chicago alone, it uh, it literally we start saying, okay, this is your percentage. And also, if you live in downtown and and you have a certain um, either mortgage, you know, a certain amount of mortgage, or you pay a certain amount of rent, you need to get taxed. I think New York does that. Like if you, if you pay us over a certain amount in rent or mortgage, um, they tax you. I think it's rent though. I think it's rent. Like it's a, it's a certain percentage because it's basically telling the, the city or state, Hey, you make a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. You know, like, it, I mean, things can be, that simple, but because we, you know, look, little people do not have that power, or we decide not to have that power. We decide not to have that power because I feel like actually we we're the majority. Don't have it, and when you're dealing with conservatives, prime word conserve, which is me. I'm just gonna keep all my shit to myself. They're not gonna give up. They're not gonna give up that, and they know they have a lot of these senators and politicians in their back pocket. So, yep, you know they're gonna be protected just through that alone. That's just my opinion, though. I, I don't yeah. know much about politics. No, but that's, I mean, we've been trying to do this um, real estate tax, mm -hmm. uh, tra transfer tax. So every time you buy a property over a million dollars, I think it's like 2%. And so that 2%, half of that would go to um, advocating or basically resources for homeless uh, people and, you know, giving them shelter and giving them a voucher or whatever, you know, that uh, that would look like. How long have you been doing that? Um, I've been on that board for two years now. For two years? Yeah, two years. Okay. How did you how did you uh get into that? So um I was on another board and then so I was like 
a lot of my friends are on boards. I think, you know, like, here's the deal. When you hang around a certain group of people, they're going to influence you to do yeah. something, yeah. either if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have a group of women. Um, we all are very active. Um, and, you know, if we have someone around us, we make sure they're active. So I was around a group of women. I've been on another board, Legacy Project. Um, and I've been on that board for like six years now, five, six years. Now. So, so none of these, none of those conflict with the other, no? No, I call it my, my gay board and my straight board. So, you know, <laughs> like Legacy Project is, you know, it, it preserves LGBTQ folks. Um, like, you know, like a James Baldwin, the history of James Baldwin, um, and put him in a um, LGBT curriculum plan um, that actually we got passed, a bill that we got passed. So now LGBT curriculum is in high schools um, or they have the option to teach it. Um, so that that's what that nonprofit does. It's a smaller nonprofit, like Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. I think our budget is like, it's ridiculous, like 20 million. Because we do a lot of advocacy. 20 million? Oh, wow. It's a nice chunk. It, it, you, you will be amazed. Like, even right now, um, we're doing really well because, you know, like, you know, we're, this pandemic is showing you what the disparities are. So folks are giving. Um, and I think you don't realize how many homeless people there are in Chicago alone. And, like, all you have to do is walk Lua Lua Wacker. You would see. Well, it's more, it's more than that, though. So, like, say, yeah, yeah. You just go yeah. down there and just check it out. The little tent setup that they yeah. like it's, it's it's madness. And I'm not saying I'm not. I shouldn't say madness, but it, it's it's different. You go, wow, what the fuck? Like people are living down here like this. But I think you you don't see the people that are doubled up. Like you know, I may be your your cousin, and I may not have a home, so I'm like. Hey, oh, can I come and stay on your couch? So that's homeless. You, you know okay. That person is okay. Homeless. I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah, to help people out like that too. But you gotta, okay. way you gotta draw the line. Some people just don't know how to, you know. They don't well, know send to, them to Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. We will. Gotcha. Gotcha. We will definitely give them resources. Gotcha. Is that is that one of the things? Is that one of the things that you're still working on? Or is I mean, not one of the things you're still working on. Is there another thing that you're going to be? working on as well with that or just those two? Well, you know what, see, so, you know, once you get on these boards, you understand that, I know for me, it's, it's about me being an African-American woman mm -hmm. on a board that has some influence and around people who have some type of influence and understanding that you wanna make sure that you push your agenda. And so my agenda is always my skin African color woman or african-american woman do you ever feel like you're you're being held back because of that um i think you know you're not the loudest voice in the room because you are an african-american woman so you have to you know stand up and say okay you know shout it once shout it twice and sometimes the third time you have to come back and shout it but for the most part um they do hear you that's the reason why they put you on the board Okay. And they take your money. <laughs> That's it. Because my I need to be on a paid board. The other part, <clears throat> excuse me. The other part was that, for you know, I I know as a strong black woman that you are African or African American. I know at times when you do women, 
do voice their opinion, it comes across as, you know, she's being too rough or she's being too, she's being too outspoken, you know, and she's being too boisterous or obnoxious. So they kind of hold those things against you. Uh, I'm not saying that they're doing that against you, but I know in certain uh, places when I'm talking to people, they're like, man, if they would just let me do what I'm trying yeah. to do or let me in and show them what I can do, then I could get, I could get further. So that was the reason why I asked you that. Well, you know what? I'm always like that person that if you don't hear me and you don't implement what I think is maybe best. I mean, sometimes I may not have a good idea. I mean, I mean, even though you think you have the best ideas ever, right? <laughs> I mean, the, the reality is sometimes maybe it's not at that time that they heard you and they'll implement it later on. Um, but what I found, though, is that when I know that my voice is not heard, I have to move on. Hmm. So when it's not heard, you move on. Do you ever fight for it? Or do you just know that it's, that's, it's just not it? Oh, no, you, you, you fight for it. Okay. And then when you realize, okay, maybe this is not working. Okay. And this, right. is, this is not working for both parties. This is, you know, I'm not getting, or, or the organization is not getting any benefit from me. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, right? Because um, I think with all relationships, regardless of what it is, if it's for a nonprofit or, you know, or a friendship or whatever case may be, you, you both need to benefit from each other in some yeah. way. Like if I just feel good about being on that board or just feel good about what we do as, as a whole, as an organization, um, if I'm not feeling good about that and I don't feel like, um, you know, those things are being, what I feel like should be goals of a lot of organizations, if I feel like that's not being done. Yeah, I'm probably going to walk away. If I don't, if I feel like that, I'm not, I can't contribute and, you know, I can't make a difference. You have to move on. You have to step away. It's just like friendships, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. If it's not yielding fruit anymore, you kind of just go, all right, not that I don't want to be around you no more, but I need to move on because right now where we are isn't, you know, like it's being stagnant or it's complacent and I got to, I got to do something that elevates me and makes me more progressive. Absolutely. Exactly. Do you do mentor work? So I used to do it. I don't do it now, but I feel like I need to do some of that. Um, and I maybe you can help me out with that. Kinda. Maybe I can help you out with that. Yeah. Do you have any programs? <laughs> are you are you working with like with any programs? Are you? No. Uh, so I, I in the last few years, um, I've been asked to be on a board for uh, for some for some people. Um, I've been asked to be a part of some programs as well, but the thing about it was I had, I got caught up in trying to move and in, in, in a relationship or a semi-relationship that I was dealing with. So there was, there were things around me that kind of, that kind of kept, kept my attention. So I wasn't really able to focus on that. And you, as you know, like I've, I've dealt with youth, the youth previously in my life and I'm very, and that's something I'm very serious about. So if it's something that I'm going to do, I have to be supremely dedicated to it and nothing can interfere because once I get involved in something like that or trying to do this podcast or whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I have tunnel vision and you can't get me out of that. You know, and so there are times where I may disappear for months because I'm focused on that. So um, I may dibble and dab and, and see where my help is needed, but I haven't full on taken on the responsibility of being I guess they call uh, a mentor, uh, a role model. I call it a real model because a lot of the role models that they, like that. yeah, they, they plan, they playing a role, they acting. And for me, I'm a real model. These kids that have been around me, they've been, 
if they haven't been around my place, I've taken them around different neighborhoods. Um, I, I've had them on trips and things like that. So they have a better understanding of what life is outside of the community that they live in. Um, and a lot of them don't get that, whether they're on the south side, the east side, or the west side. All they know is their side of the city or just a part of their side of the city. Some of them have never been three miles out of where they stay. Some of them have never been outside of Chicago. You know, and, and that's one of the things I think is important as well to show them. But no, I have not been uh, adamantly involved in any type of any type of uh, mentorship or anything like that. And right now it kind of makes me a little upset thinking about it because there's a lot of kids out there who do need help. But yeah, what I do in passing, I do in passing. Like if you ever see me out, I'm maybe you have, I haven't. When someone's doing something wrong, I'll, I don't jump on them, but I always just talk to them and try to have a conversation because a lot of these young men and women, they just need somebody to talk to or someone to listen, right? A lot of times you don't need nobody to tell you, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. Sometimes they just need somebody to listen to them. And I learned that from being around these kids and from myself mm -hmm. growing up and being uh, full of rage and anger and being upset all the time. Sometimes you just want somebody to just listen to you. You know, and you don't need nobody to just necessarily tell you what to do. Oh, you need to do it like this or you need to, do bro, I don't need, I don't need you to tell me any of that shit. Sometimes you just need to vent. Even as adults, we need to vent. And I think that's one of the things that we have yet to understand to, as a humanity, just being able to understand people and let people talk, let them get their point across. This is what I'm dealing with. And when I'm on a bus, when I'm walking through downtown, or recently when I'm at work and you had all these wild, these wild situations happening, you know, and you're coming out or whatever, and you're able to speak to them, you speak to them with respect or tolerance, you know what I mean? And from that, you get conversation and some of them do understand. All of them aren't. I know that. I know for a fact everyone's not going to understand what I'm talking about and what's going on. But there are those who do, who do heed word and they do understand what's going on and what you're saying. So. Um, I think it is imperative that us as black men, black women, Africans, indigenous, whatever we're going to call it, that we do every now and then. If you see something wrong, you just say something to him. I walked past a young man uh, where I was earlier today. I was like, my, my, my guy, pull your pants up, man. I, you know, that don't look right when you bend over. You know what I mean? He bending over, he trying to pick up his his belongings and tie his shoe. I'm like, man, pull your pants up. And he just looked at me, but he didn't say nothing. I'm like, bro, just pull your pants up, man. Just look. It look weird when you bent over like that, you know? And he, you know, he pulled him up. And then when I walked up, he kept, he kept doing, he kept doing what he was doing. But there are certain things that they don't have, like a big brother. The big brother might be dead. He might be in jail. They may not have one. You know what I mean? So there's certain things that we can do to positively affect uh, the youth of today in our, in our everyday life, even if I'm not involved in any mentorship. Um, I, I try to make myself accessible. And I think that's always been a positive thing to me to always help because I know growing up, you know, being told that I was always the person that was doing something wrong. Uh, it was, everything was always my fault. You're always angry. You know, that's why this happens. And in the reality of it is not that, that I'm just angry. It's probably because I'm dealing with other young, angry men just like me. And yeah. because they're angry, no one's telling them how to deal with the anger, right? Exactly. Right. They so, don't know how to process it. Yeah. In a so, way. That's so it, yeah. So it's it's misplaced. It's misplaced anger and frustration. 
And when you're being told at home to shut up and, and, and be a man, you know, and they're telling you these things, you're telling me to hold back my feelings and put them to the mm -hmm. side. So consequently, as a young man, a young black man, whoever, when you put your feelings to the side, the only remaining emotion that you have is anger. And you will do everything out of anger. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, and I know I did. And I'm not speaking for anybody else, but I know until I realized what I was doing, I did a lot of stuff out of anger. But I think also as a society, we just, that's kind of how we view weakness when someone cries, period. Yeah. Regardless if it's a woman or a man, right? So, you know, like I hear people all the time, like, oh my God, women, and the worst thing they can do at work is cry, right? So I think that we have always been conditioned if I cry, then I'm weak instead of, you know, like, and, and you don't learn that until you go see a therapist or just have the conversation we're having. Yeah. I know that's, that's just, uh, that means that you care. Yeah. Some people are that just means. more emotional than others, right? Yes. Um, and, and that's just, again, a reality of human beings. Like there are differences in all of us mm -hmm. and we shouldn't be so quick to judge or, or say nasty mean things about it. It's just a realization like, oh, that's how they, that's how they deal with hurt or that's how they deal with being rushed at work or that's how they deal with different, different situations. But for me, it was anger and I'm not going to get into, I could tear shit up. You know what I mean? Like I, especially okay. if I got into an altercation and it became physical, you were going to be in a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? And I, I just tell people like, yo, I don't want, leave, leave me alone. Cause if it get there, I don't back down. I don't back down. You got to get everything that I've been dealing with. So um, I feel like that, yeah, that's one, that's just one of those things, you know, uh, crying, there's nothing wrong with crying. I feel like when people cry, they cleanse themselves. No matter if they're happy, sad, mad, angry, excited, elated, whatever it may be. I feel like they're just cleansing their palate, you know, and it resets. It's like a refresh as well. So um, I don't have no problem with it. I just know when women cry and I don't know if they're happy or not, it's the worst feeling ever. I was like, oh shit, like what do I do? Yeah, you know it's I mean? awkward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, even me being a woman, it's, it's like when somebody else cries and I'm like, oh my God. Was, yeah, yeah. Cause all y'all get emotional, man. Oh, y'all get emotional. Men get emotional too, seriously. Yeah, we men, get, but I'm just saying, if a woman sees another person cry, y'all, oh my God, like y'all start doing that. I'm like, uh oh. Well, no, like for me, I don't start crying. I just kind of like, oh my God, I don't even know what to do. Yeah. Because you, you gotta make me want to fix the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for me, if, if, so I got homegirls, I got girl, well, women, women friends. So when they're emotional, some of them know I can't cry around him because if it's something that's hurting me and it has to do with my boyfriend, he is gonna like he gonna he gonna he's gonna snap. So mm. certain things that they don't they don't tell me about unless they know um we're far out, out of the way of the situation and we're not oh, gonna be okay. you know what I mean? So they yeah. make sure like if we're having a good time, they'll bring it up, like, hey, this is what's going on. You know what I mean? But often um it's a rarity to see men cry. And the men that I have seen cry, they're, they're strong dudes. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're pretty strong guys. Um, I know a young man who's been dealing with a, a hell of a lot, and this made it worse. And when we were talking, he smiled the whole time. I'm like, bro, you mm -hmm. smiling. Like, that's different. He's like, bro, because I've cleansed my palate. All that crying I did and telling you everything, 
and I was a mentor for him. You know, he's like, all that crying I did and all the talk, he's like, I got to where I wanted to get. He said, I'm doing better. He said, even through this situation, I'm doing better than where I was a year and a half ago when we first talked. Like everything, he said, everything has changed. He said, yeah, this is happening, but I'm happy. And I said, you're one of the few gems in life right now because I was expecting when he talked to me that he would be upset and he would start crying, you know, and it's only so many bro hugs I can give you, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like, at some point, I just tell you, you got to suck that shit up, bro. For real. Do not tell, don't tell them that. No, I mean, I, no, I wasn't going to tell him that, but if he would have just started crying. No, you should say, just cleanse yourself, bro, yeah. when you're alone. Yeah. Cleanse yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I've cried. I've cried in the shower, I, you know what I mean? I, out of frustration, um, being denied promotions and shit like that, knowing I worked my ass off. That shit makes you upset. And then you see the person that get it and you like, come on, man. Yeah. That yeah. person ain't do half the shit I did. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's 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 certain things that make that that made me cry growing up, you know what I mean? Um I can speak personally, not having not having my father around, you know, uh not knowing how to tie a tie, not knowing how to talk to girls, uh just not having him around to even just talk to in general yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and I feel like I had that type of protection around me all the that normal thing. things, the huh? normal things. I said just the normal things I get it yeah, yeah. just normal just regular normal shit you know that it would times I, I would be crying about that like yo what the fuck and then you start asking why don't he love me or why don't he want to be around or be involved in my life and one day you wake up and you realize like I'm a grown-ass man I can help my I can help my family I can do for myself and I don't need that no more. And I think for me, going back to the mentorship, that's one of the reasons why I became a part of that, right? Because I understand some of this shit that these guys do. I get it. I and that makes it. a big difference when you someone know, I, I get it. Has, has lived their 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 truth. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yo, y'all wanna go to the boxing gym with me? I can take y'all to the boxing gym. Y'all can get some of that shit out your system. Cause you need it's misplaced anger and aggression, right? You need to get some of that shit out your system. Or, hey, y'all want to talk? Then don't nobody want to say nothing. And you stand up and you, I, and I give my story. Hey, at 16 years old, I did this, 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 and this. I, I hurt this person. I did this to this person. It's all facts. Like, you can go ask. Like, I hand-to-hand combat, I was busting, I was busting people to fuck up. Straight up. So, if you have these conversations and you get them to open up and you see that they're all in the same spot and they're all looking for an outlet. But I know that. They don't know it, but they need it. So that was one of the reasons why I became, um, became just got involved in being a mentor. It, it, I think it's just needed, you know? It's kind of like being a person shrink without, without the title. Very true. You know Very what true. I mean? Like being able, that is to, true. Yeah. being able to just let them talk and not, not necessarily have answers. You yeah. know? Or just say, hey, do you want my opinion? Or do you want to know what I, I think you should do about it? And if they don't want to hear that, then you don't want to hear it. I dap them up, my dude. And we just keep on, just keep talking. Just keep talking, you know what I mean? But um, I think it's very important as human beings that we try to understand one another, right? Just because we're different doesn't mean that, you know, we can't get along. It's just- But that's the thing that, that, that separates us from animals, is that- Big time. Yeah. Big time. If we don't have that, then we're an animal. Yeah. You become an animal, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, 
even if you look at today's world, we I feel like we uh, act off of a lot of uh, animal instinct, right? It's the first thing that we feel or think, and we just act off of it instead of sitting back, thinking about it, processing what you're seeing and what you're hearing, um, and going from go, going from there. I think a lot of people are just responding to shit. <laughs> oh, why did someone posted a meme? Well, oh, the president said that. Man, step back and process some of that stuff. You know what I mean? So a lot of times, some of the things that we feel are disrespectful, sometimes they aren't. It just might be the person that is saying it. They don't fucking know no better. Yeah. Know better. I know. I So me being around rap music and, and going out and doing rap music, you around all these different collectives of people. Some of them ain't black. Some of them ain't African. They start saying shit. You like, yo, fam. Mm-mm. You can't say the N word. You can't. You can't. Nope. He's like, bro. But these are all my guys. If I hear it one more time, bro, it's gonna be me yeah. and you. It's gonna be me and you. But then you looking at their environment and everybody like, yo, it's cool, bro. Like we not, we not on that here. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that. Where I'm from, he, that's uh-uh. That's a no-no. That's a no-no. But in certain environments, they feel like that's okay. Me, I don't want to hear. It. I don't want to hear. It. But you know, it just is what it is. But there's an understanding though, right? Like. I get it. I get why they feel that way. This guy been around him for so long. He been rapping or whatever. Cool. But for me, I, I'm I'm not gonna participate in that. Makes sense. Yeah. Definitely makes sense. Well, oh, I have to tell you, this has been therapy for me. Really? Yeah. How so? Well, I first of all, so I'm I'm one of those people like I, I need an agenda. So when you, when you told me it wasn't an agenda, I was like, oh my God, whatever. No, I don't know. Like, I think it's just a bit of control for me a little bit. So, but I, I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation. You can't have no control over here, Ren. I know. Don't I got run it. nothing over here. I told you I that. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I hear you. Every time I keep telling you, that, you don't have. There is no control. Well, you see, I said, okay, okay, that sounds great. I'll, I'll, I'll flow. I'll flow with with the old with the old show. Yeah, yeah, just do it. <laughs> I'm my way, man. Ain't nothing gonna, ain't nothing bad gonna happen. Ain't no. Gonna bring up nothing crazy and wild, you know, and talk about something that you don't necessarily want to uh, speak on. It's just about having conversation, exposing people to how you live your normal life, right? Exactly. Yeah. Where do you stay? You don't have to give out like specific. North. I. You know what's so funny? You know, in Chicago, like. They change your neighborhood, the name of the neighborhood to make the uh, appreciation go go up. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for five years. And the five years I've been here, it's been Roscoe Village, North Center, and now it's East Avondale. East Avondale. Wow. East Avondale. Like, I, oh, I'm sorry. It was Riverview. So it was, I'm sorry. It was Roscoe Village, River, Riverview, North Center, and now it's East Avondale. Hmm. So, um, it's a lot of development. All of like Tesla is right over here. Okay. Three blocks away. They just, they, it's um, Metropolis Coffee or whatever. They just Robert. built like, yeah. And then it's another new beer place that's popped up. What beer just place is it. this? You said what? What beer place is this? I forgot the name of it. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll check when I go over there. Because it's like, you know, it's a lot of industrial okay. spaces on Elston. So I'm like, 
Yeah. I'm I'm off of Belmont, and then my cross street is um, Washington. So yeah, what you know, Western Washington. Okay. Um. So, but it's so much like popping up over here is like ridiculous. Would you ever live outside of the country or outside of the U- U.S.? America? Oh my God. Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. You have a list already. I don't. You know what? So I feel like I haven't been to enough places to have like a list. I mean. Um, like I went to Cape Town and I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. But I can only, I mean, Cape Town, you can only live so, so many months there. And then you're like, okay, I need some more money. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed Dublin when I went. Yeah. I think Dublin is probably like more kind of, I hate to say American, but it like had all those amenities that you would want. And, and, and I feel like the living the cost of living there is not bad. I enjoy Dublin. It was just like a hodgepodge of people. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Australia is too far from my 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 mom, so I couldn't even go to Australia. But I enjoyed Sydney, Melbourne. Woo. How was that? I haven't been. Melbourne. So you know I'm a cocktail thing. So cocktail had, You said what? Yeah, you're a cocktail thing. What? What? Thing, thing, thing. Yeah, like crack thing. Yeah, I get it now. So they had all these, um, like real speakeasies. You know, like here we have these like modern speakeasies, but like they had so many like, you know, go through an alley and you, you know, you don't know. They don't have anything, no signs, exactly. And it was just so cool. So I, I loved. The kind of way that they present and stuff and i love like everywhere you go like all the cocktail bars they play hip-hop okay i thought that was so cool oh that sounds dope biggie okay <laughs> Rock him okay yeah playing that good shit. yeah yeah i was like okay why dmc this is cool i could do this yeah so i enjoy i enjoy uh um i actually enjoy melbourne over sydney because Melbourne reminded me so much of Chicago. Like, I feel like Sydney is New York and Melbourne is Chicago. Um, yeah, it was just like cooler people, just more down to earth. And you said this was like therapy to you? Yes. Great conversation. You know, I love conversation. Like, the only thing I do too. Like, that's like, the whole purpose of this. Yeah. The whole purpose. I love conversation. And I'm not going to talk to somebody I don't think can hold a conversation with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, if if I know that's going to happen, I know that you're either worth one or two things for me, depending on who you are. So, um, What are those two things? Uh, just life lessons, you know? <laughs> you, wait, you go, you go, you're going to share off, off the video, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just I like, remember to I ask that know question. with certain people, I have to get straight to the point, right? <laughs> like I, I know you you know what's up man like I, I <laughs> you know what's up like okay, let's just say okay you I know what it. time it is man like I'm, I'm like I'm not gonna waste no games with people man like you you know you yeah. know like you say we, we've done that before when we have people watching and we're looking at people and we go that one right there yeah such and such and such and we're breaking it down and often yeah. there are times where we you know it's spot on so even me and, and Big Bro can, me and him do it. And, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, you know, so um, conversation to me is, is, is it's healthy. It's also wealth because you get to build and you get to have a better understanding of people. So when you're having conversations, there's a, there's a learning experience or there's just a vibe and energy that you create with people. Oh, my God. I have a new word. Social wealth. Social wealth. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Use bon. your wealth and put social with it. Social wealth. Bong, bong. Yeah. It, it, it's a, it's a, I guess we're going to make it a thing now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I should have named the podcast that, Social Wealth. Yeah. I could go Hashtag back. Social Wealth. Yeah. Let's get some more. Want to discuss? Oh, uh, no. So, so who have you kind of dip, done a podcast with so far? Um, so one of the brothers I was going to do a podcast with, uh, he's an entrepreneur, he's a business owner. Um, and I think he has a record label oh, at, and I, or he's a, uh, he's a manager for like for people, but okay. we have to reschedule because he couldn't get it together. Um, when we were supposed to do it, uh, okay. the doctor that I was supposed to interview, um, that didn't go right. And okay. everybody else, I pretty much, so I, I, I have four or five. Am I like the first official one? No. Oh, okay. I'm like, I'm like, okay. You're like number four or five. Okay. Cause I'm like, it's a lot to be first. No, no. Nah, my first one was just dope. Like it just, boom, bro was just like, yo, sign me up. I want to do it right away. I don't Ooh. care. You know, he's like, I, I just want to talk. I got stuff to talk about. And <laughs> he sat on the phone. And and we were just we were just running through just running through conversation easily, you know. And I think again, that's one of the best things is because uh, people aren't seeing the way we engage in conversation, right? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't have a college degree, but I think I can keep up with somebody because you know I, I I'm around. Like I, I try, I did, I done some stuff out here. So oh, yeah. Yeah. So like I ain't, I ain't no. You have social law. Bang bang. It is. I got my social wealth, and it's yeah. up. It's way up. So um, he signed it. He's like, yo, ASAP. ASAP, you know, get me on there. So he's an artist. I think also, um, man, it's so, so much stuff that we were talking about um, that he's doing and trying to be uh, involved and, and leave a mark, you know, on this earth. And while he's out in Columbus, Ohio, I think, or Cincinnati. So, um he was the very first one. I did one Saturday or Sunday. I did one Sunday, and it wasn't going well from the phone uh, from the from the laptop. So we switched to the phone. Okay. The phone did not save any of that shit. Oh. So I lost that whole thing. The one I did Saturday, the Saturday one, it, it was it was cool too. Like I I enjoyed that one because it was just good conversation. It seems to be for me for now. That it's harder to get the women involved. Mm. Yeah, it's harder to get the women involved. Like the dudes, they're just like, "Yo, when? Yes, cool. I love it, bro. I, I would love to talk to you about." And they'll go like, "Yo, about anything, anything, whatever you want to talk about. We can just get jump into it." You know, the women. I will. What do I have to wear? Like what time? Like what type of lighting do you have? I'm like. Oh, I asked too many questions, but I asked uh, them at the last did. minute. You didn't. It was easier no. to get you on because you was like, hey, I got a board meeting this day. I got a board meeting this day. That's a bad week for me because I got to do this, that, and the third. And then yeah. when you're doing it, I'm like, I'm scheduling them as you're saying it. Like, well, all right, she ain't going to do it that day. I'll put somebody here. I'll put okay. somebody there. Yeah, so um, you 
it's it's a handful of, of women who who want to do it. It's a handful of women, and I think it's more so not to say anything bad. It's it's usually the dopest women I know. You know what I mean? They're just like, well, I can I can do that. I know how to have have a conversation. Um, the ones who haven't done it and I think could do it are the ones who can talk. They just shot. Mm, okay. You know, like they're not used to being on camera or doing it, doing something like this. So, and I'm like, it's a conversation from your home or from your office. Like we're not doing nothing. We're not doing nothing wild. We're just having a conversation. You know, if you want to talk about doing hair or having a salon, we can talk about that. I don't know nothing about it, but I'm about to learn, damn it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I got a few done, but I'm going to put together a body of work before I start throwing them out there. I'm looking forward to seeing the body of work. Absolutely. I'm excited. Me too. Anything else you want to cover? No? No. No? You good? Yeah, don't get mad if I do some hashtag social wealth on my next Instagram. No, do that shit. Put a cocktail. Listen, if it take off, make shirts. Make sure you get make okay. off of okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm mm. quite sure it, I'm quite sure it'll work. Where are you bartending? You doing any bartending anywhere? No? You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm drinking somewhere. You know I'm always drinking somewhere. Yeah, because I get invited. I bartend at home. I barely want to do it. After, after I get my third cocktail in me, I'll be like, just 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 figure out for yourself. For you, so me a lot, but part of me not going was because I was trying to get this together. Um, okay, so we had to get we have to get a cocktail soon, yeah, definitely. But it's just that I'm trying to get I'm trying to get so many things put together and in order so I don't have to worry about them no more. Okay, you know what I mean, and then doing this was like, well, I'm doing it at a reasonable time for everybody, so that's rain seven check is out there, man. Huh? Said the rain check is out there. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. It has to be. I've scheduled these like every day or every other uh, every other day. Oh, so you gonna have a lot of good content then. Hopefully. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to do as many as I can and I can put a body of work together. That way when I start putting it out, I can just release one every week. Cool. You know what I mean? Like I, I ain't I'm not trying to do it half ass. I think I'm trying to put together put together a decent body of work so people can see the interaction and understand, you know, what it's really about over here. Now, do you know um, E3, E3 Radio? They always make content. No. So, um, actually, I know her, but they, yeah, they do podcasts, and they, okay. they, they always want programming. So, awesome. when you're when you're pretty much done, I'll kind of connect. I'll connect you to Anna, uh, Anna Deshawn. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I, I I accept that. I accept that. Yeah. We're one of many. I'm sure one of many resources that you'll have. Um, I'm listen, listen, right now I'm just trying to put it together, you know. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I'm just trying to get it together. You know, this is not like writing a uh this is not like writing a verse where I can put it together, have somebody put the beat on there and throw it out there. You know, it's more you wanna have the Collab- right content. Yeah. 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 So um, collaboration is always interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah because and like that's the reason why I said like I, I wanted to do it because I'm not sure what people are gonna bring to the table what they're gonna say i had one guy i'm not gonna release that interview because he want to go to war he want to go i'm like dude you you don't have no missiles you don't have enough weapons and actually that would be kind of funny though i mean it's not funny but i think it'd be i'm sure a piece of that interview is probably something good that you can say from it, it it's just overall funny and i think like Interviews like that, it get me the views if that if it if, if that's what it was about for me. 
but it's not. Yeah. But it's just the fact that a person would say something like that, and I don't think I would want to be connected to it, you know, because when when I, I listened to it the other day and I'm listening to it, and I think I, de- I don't know if I deleted or I threw it in the trash or some shit like that, and I'm like, dude, the stuff you saying could get you killed. Oh. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you out here talking about declaring war on people. Don't you know that you got a phone in your pocket and if somebody wanted to, they could blow the phone up while you walking down the street? You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop being stupid. Stop being stupid. And and, and then I asked him, I said, after you do all this, where you going to go? Because when they come, they going to come for your mama. They going to come for your kids. You know what I mean? So... I mean, be be smart. You're not thinking. That's not that's not how generals think. This is a this. If you do war, war is about moves, and it's also about money. And you don't have none, so stop playing. Stop playing. But um, yeah, I have a few good conversations. I have a few good conversations. I'm trying to get more women on board because it is imperative that we tell the narrative of women uh, and their experiences and document that shit. So, you know what? I have a really good friend. She has an awesome kind of background and just kind of understanding of um, politics in Chicago and kind of, um, yeah, I'm going to see if she wants to do it. Okay. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't mind, I don't mind doing that. I just think that, um, look, I love women. You know that. You yeah. Know? So I also think that, you know, women have a story to tell especially ones that, you know, beautiful black women or just black women in general, they have a, they have a story to tell. Yeah, she's a good storyteller. So try to get her on. Cool, all right. All right, so I ain't gonna hold you no more. So rain check though, okay. Rain check, I, yeah, we can we can definitely do it. Um, I don't know if I should do it while I'm on the phone. Well, here's a deal, just like, Okay, yeah. See, we're recording right now, so I know that when you say whatever date you give me. Oh, uh, yeah, let's talk. I mean, it could be, it could be <laughs> next month. It could be next month. I mean, literally, I'm giving you a full month. We just we just started a new a new month. Oh. Yeah, I mean, September 10th, like, I'm not doing nothing. September 11th, there's nothing. Okay, Um, I do have something September 11th. <laughs> I know. See, okay. So I I asked for something, and then yeah, that's how you do me all the time. Oh, well, let's get off this the interview, tent. though, man. We can do the tent. Hold on, we, we about to get off this interview, though. You said what? I am about to get off this interview first. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye.